We've been working a lot on rhythm in the studio this spring. I've always made an effort to incorporate a rhythm activity into each lesson, but I have found myself being more intentional about this in recent months and becoming more aware of how I teach rhythm and how students develop these skills. From the music learning theory, we know that students develop audiation skills, or the ability to hear music in their head without any sound being present, through singing, rhythmic movement, and building a vocabulary of tonal and rhythm patterns. I tell my students that the rhythm of a piece is like the architecture of a house or a building. It's the framework that supports everything else. There are three elements of rhythm, the macro beat or big beat, the microbeat or little beat, and melodic rhythm, which is a sequenced series of rhythm patterns in a song or a piece. If you, like me, are stepping back to evaluate how you teach rhythm and what your students know and understand, here are a few questions to consider. Do your students have a sense of the macrobeat in a given piece? Do they feel the underlying subdivision, the microbeat? Do they have an awareness of both of these things in the context of melodic rhythm? In this episode, I'll share seven ways I'm practicing rhythm in the studio with students from 1st through 12th grade, including several teaching strategies, games, and challenges for those who need something a little more difficult. I'm Ashley Danu, and you're listening to Field Notes on Music Teaching and Learning. Writing field notes is a way of documenting and processing what we see in the world. This podcast is a collection of creative ideas, practical strategies, and thoughtful observations from the field of music teaching and learning. Here, you'll find creative and pedagogically sound teaching tips, fresh new approaches you can use in your teaching, and insight into a few tried and true systems and creative processes designed to help you do your best work. Let's get started. Number one, Rhythm Keeper. In January, I purchased a copy of Rhythm Keeper Volume 1 for the studio. I follow the author, Samantha Stites, on Instagram and just interviewed her for the Musician and Company blog last month. I'd heard her talk about this rhythm curriculum and seen other teachers talk about it as well, so I was eager to get my own copy. First, the book is lovely. It's printed using eco-friendly and non-toxic materials, thick and creamy white paper, a soft cover, and lay-flat binding, which is so nice. The content is simple. Page after page of carefully sequenced rhythm exercises, progressing from quarter notes and half notes to rest patterns, dotted half notes, whole notes, eighth notes, sixteenth notes, and triplets in duple, triple, and compound meters. The book includes hundreds of progressive exercises designed for students of all ages and instruments. It's flexible enough to be used as a curriculum supplement in private lessons, ensemble rehearsals, or general music classrooms. One thing that differentiates Rhythm Keeper from other rhythm methods is the unique approach to counting the subdivision all the way through the exercise, not just within the measure. When I first introduced this to my students, we discovered that this helped students maintain a steady beat and not rush the longer note values. I've introduced this curriculum to all of my students now, even the ones who are in their first year of study. 
I don't usually switch to numerical counting until late elementary. So for some of my first and second year students, we look for animal rhythm patterns they know from the piano safari curriculum or use do and due day to clap and count the example. I often give them a choice between examples three and four or five and six. With my older students, I'll give them a choice and then I will clap or tap the other example with them as a duet. We also practice in fast and slow tempi for an extra challenge. Number two is state rhythms. This is an activity I do with first year students to prepare for dotted rhythms. I usually start this activity a few weeks before we begin Ode to Joy because I always teach it with the dotted rhythm at the end, even if that's not how it's notated in the method book. The idea for state rhythms comes from Craig Sale, a teaching tip he shared in Questions and Answers on the Piano Inspires website. He begins by clapping and chanting the name of a state in a straight rhythm and having the student clap and echo back. I usually do several three and four syllable state names like this. California, Maryland, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Florida, Colorado. The next week, he reviews a few of these with straight rhythms and then claps and chants them with dotted rhythms and has the student echo. California, Maryland, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Florida, Colorado. In the third week, he claps and chants a state name with a straight rhythm and asks the student to respond with the dotted rhythm. I pick up some of my beginning students from their classrooms at the end of the school day, so I found this to be a fun activity to do as we walk to our lesson. And when we begin work on Ode to Joy, they know exactly how to play the dotted rhythm. It's intuitive and familiar to them. Number three, Piano Safari Sight Reading Cards. I use the Piano Safari Sight Reading Cards with my first to fourth grade students at the moment. I love that they are color-coded by unit and my students pay attention when they move to a new color. And I also like that they include one to two sight playing exercises and a rhythm exercise. Depending on the day and the student, I use a few different teaching strategies with these cards. Sometimes I'll ask students to identify the rhythm patterns they see in the sight playing exercise, and then we'll clap and count, point and count, or tap and count just the rhythm. I may ask them to play the example in the air or play silently on top of the keys as they audiate the example. Sometimes we'll transpose or transform the example after they've played it in the given key, and sometimes we'll try it in a different tempo. Number four, rhythm pattern cards. Of course, rhythm pattern cards are a staple and can be used for all kinds of games, teaching demonstrations, oral skills activities, and even improvising and composing. I shared 10 creative ways to use rhythm pattern cards back in episode eight. Also, I created a set of digital rhythm pattern cards for my studio, really, featuring 192 different patterns made up of quarter notes, half notes, eighth notes, 16th notes, 
and chord arrests in quadruple and triple meters. I'll include a link to that in the show notes if that's something you're interested in. Number five, sight reading and rhythm every day. This is the sight reading series I use with my middle and high school students at the moment. I like that it includes rhythm exercises as well, and that the directions for each exercise vary from unit to unit. Sometimes the student is asked to tap and count, sometimes point and count, and sometimes clap and chant the words. Sometimes they're asked to tap it in a fast tempo and then a slow tempo on the repeat. And on occasion, students are invited to create an improvisation using the rhythm and notes of a particular scale or hand position. I usually assign one to two days for students to work on at home, and then we do one day together in the lesson. Each unit also includes a sight reading duet. We don't always do these, but sometimes they're a fun addition to the lesson. Number six, practicing in rhythms. I'm going to talk more about this in the next episode, actually, but this is another way that I'm incorporating rhythm into lessons this spring. Practicing in rhythms is a helpful way to develop steadiness and control in your playing, and I find it especially helpful for scalar passages, broken chord and arpeggio patterns, and accompaniment patterns. The basic idea is to take a given passage and play it with a long, short, long, short, dotted rhythm. Then, reverse the pattern and play the passage with a short, long, short, long, dotted rhythm. Then, play it once more with a straight rhythm. We've also been preparing scales for solo festival, practicing scales and rhythm, or pausing on the tonic note of the scale for each octave and flaring the fingers can be a helpful strategy for learning the fingering of a particular scale and developing control. And number seven, RCM playbacks. You've heard me talk about the Royal Conservatory of Music syllabi. I use the piano syllabus to inform my repertoire choices and assess technique and aural skills, but they have syllabi for several other instruments as well. I will include a link to that in the show notes so you can check it out. I have been doing playbacks and lessons, especially with my older students. With playbacks, a melody is played three times before playing it back. Students are asked to listen the first time, then listen again and clap back the rhythm, and then listen a third time and play back the melody. I appreciate that rhythm is the first step to preparing the playback, as some students tend to approach the notes first and save the rhythm for last. The same is true for dictation, which we did some of earlier in the year. I would play a melody and have students notate just the rhythm of what they heard. So there you go. Seven ways that we are practicing rhythm in the studio right now. Here is that list again. Number one, rhythm keeper. Number two, state rhythms to prepare dotted quarter eighth note patterns. Number three, Piano Safari sight reading cards. Number four, rhythm pattern cards. Number five, sight reading and rhythm every day. Number six, practicing in rhythms, long, short, long, and short, long, short. And number seven, RCM playbacks. I hope you found at least one new idea for practicing rhythm that you can integrate into your teaching in the weeks ahead. 
I'd love to hear your thoughts. What does rhythm teaching and learning look like in your teaching right now? Are you using any of these same strategies or approaches with your students? Thanks so much for listening today. For written notes, related links, and more information on today's topic, visit ashleydanu.com slash fieldnotes. You can find me on Instagram at ashleydanu. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much if you'd subscribe and leave a review in Apple Podcasts. This will help others discover this content in the future. Plus, I'd love to hear what you like about the show and if there's anything specific you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for tuning in today. See you next time. Bye.